dribbling. Has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in! <laughs> the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. Welcome to the Kentucky Resilience Lab. I'm Natalie. And I'm Michelle. Natalie's going to kick things off with today's episode about confidence. Thanks, Michelle. In Demi Lovato's pop hit, she asks, what's wrong with being confident? Well, nothing is wrong with being confident. Confidence is valuable. In fact, elite athletes commonly identify confidence as one of their most critical mental skills in achieving optimal performance. A common misconception about confidence is that it's equivalent to arrogance, when that's actually not the case. Confidence is really just your own beliefs about your abilities to achieve success. You can be confident in your own abilities without being cocky. It's also important to note that success is not just winning a competition. Success can be found in anything you feel like you did well at, even just small skills. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Michelle. I think people need to know that they can define their own type of success, their own definition of success. Right. And so for some people, um, you know, success is just finding joy in, in their sport or in their performance. Or maybe if, you know, they want to shave one second off of their time if they're a runner or score one more point in a basketball game. It doesn't always have to be winning. So I love that point. So let's talk about a few other misconceptions. First, do you believe you're born with confidence? Well, you're not. But that is good for people who feel like they aren't very confident. Um, that's good news because we are responsible for our own confidence. It's a skill that can be practiced and improved over time. So if you feel like you're not confident right now, um, don't worry because we always have the opportunity to improve our confidence. Another misconception is that positive feedback is the only way to improve confidence. This is also not true. If you have to rely on positive feedback, then you're never gonna gain the confidence that you're looking for. Even the best of the best were criticized, and sometimes that's what made them better. Also, some athletes respond to different kinds of feedback differently, so there's really no one right way. It'd probably be a good idea to let your teammates and coaches know what kind of feedback you respond the best to. That way they can tailor their encouragement to your own personal needs and push you in the best ways possible. Yeah, I love that point, Michelle, and I can definitely relate to that. I know when I ran cross country in high school and, and even club running in college, you know, I loved when I was running a race and I had people cheering me on saying things like, you look great. You're doing awesome, Natalie. You know, that, that really, not only did that boost my confidence, but it boosted my mood. And it suddenly gave me this like burst of adrenaline to want to run faster because I knew that I had people who were supporting me and who felt like I was doing a great job. I always hated when people said, go Natalie, or you need to run faster. Because to me, I was like, I'm already going. And <laughs> by them telling me, you need to run faster, that just made me feel slow. Um, and I remember I even had one time in a race where a coach from another team was talking to his runner. And he's like, 
come on, you can catch her. She's running slow. And I mean, you know, normally I didn't respond well. I don't respond well to that kind of stuff. But I think because it was coming from an opponent's coach, I think that really did make me kind of kick it into gear more. But when it's from my own coach or from my parents or teammates, you know, I, I think for me, I'm a person that responds better to uplifting encouragement. But there are people who like the tough love. They like to be told that they're not doing well because it makes them work harder or you know, they, they want to be told like, Hey, you need to pick it up. Like, um, so it's important to find out what type of feedback you like and, and let your coaches and teammates know, like Michelle said, let them know in a, in a polite way, um, you know, you can make them aware of what you like. So a third misconception is that messing up will destroy your confidence. And we also know that this is not true because mistakes are going to happen. And the way that you don't let them destroy your confidence is you choose how to respond to the mistakes and what to give your attention to. Um, So even though making mistakes is hard and they're going to make us frustrated, once that mistake happens, allow yourself to be frustrated for a few seconds um, because that's normal and that's natural and um, it's it's a good way to release that negative energy. But then channel your attention to the next steps. Um, So, you know, if you're um, in a basketball game and you miss a shot or you get the ball stolen from you, you know, not only is that normal and, and it's out of our control to avoid all of those mistakes, but, you know, just it's such a fast paced game, you know, just focus your attention on the next thing, hustling down the court or Think, you know, focus on the next shot you're going to take and make that one better. Definitely. Focusing on the positive rather than the negative is going to boost your confidence tremendously. So lastly, you may think that the only way that you can build confidence is through success, such as winning a game or a competition. While success does help, there's a lot of other skills you can use to help boost your confidence. Yeah. Definitely. So now that we've identified the misconceptions, let's talk about truth. Let's talk about those other skills Michelle mentioned. What does contribute to confidence? So perhaps one of the largest sources of confidence is past experiences and achievements. If you've already successfully completed a skill in the past, you're definitely more likely to feel confident doing that same skill over again. So for example, across country, country runner who ran a 20 minute 5k last season would probably feel confident that she can run the same time on her 5k again in the upcoming season. Of course, she would still need to put in the necessary training to achieve that time. It's not going to come to you unless you work at it and practice it. But knowing that you've achieved something before is sure to help you feel better going into that skill another time. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example. Michelle, and and as you could tell from my last personal example with running cross country, I can also relate to this example in that, you know, we, um, we feel better when we've known that we've accomplished something before. So whenever I, whenever I, like I, my lifetime goal was to break 20 minutes and to run a 5k in the 19s. And so now that I finally have, uh, every 5K I go into, I'm automatically more confident that I could potentially run it in under 20 minutes again. And 
Um, later, next example, leading into that transition is vicarious experiences. And this is less about what you personally have done and more about watching what someone else has done and accomplished and how that contributes to your confidence. So if you see someone else achieve something, then you may have more confidence that you can achieve, achieve that same thing. So sticking with the running examples, that's actually what happened with the four minute mile. After runners saw Roger Bannister run the first sub four minute mile, they gained more confidence in their abilities to run that same time and even started consistently running four minute miles or faster. So prior to Roger Bannister, everyone thought that it was just like not humanly possible to run a mile in three minutes and 59 seconds or faster, you know, whatever the exact time he ran it in. But after he, you know, finally ran it in, in that, in the three minute um, time frame, you know, less than four minutes, people thought, okay, maybe it is humanly possible. Um, and, and we've seen that in all different kinds of sports, not just running, of, of people reaching these milestones, you know, whether it's a certain amount of home runs or um, a certain amount of points scored in a basketball game. The more someone achieves it, uh, other people start to believe that they personally can achieve it too. Absolutely. Those are really good points and examples, Natalie. And even on a smaller scale, it's I definitely have some experiences where I would see someone do a trick or a skill that I was personally afraid to do because in gymnastics and cheerleading, um, those skills can be really scary and really you can lack confidence because you're afraid you're going to fall on your head. But always seeing someone else do something helped me feel more confident that I could do it myself. So another thing that contributes to confidence is your physiological states. This can include things like muscle tension, butterflies in your stomach, or even breathing patterns. So having really tense muscles or so many butterflies that you feel queasy is a sign that your arousal level is too high, while feeling extremely relaxed with slower breathing could be a sign that you're not aroused enough. While a moderate level of arousal can boost your confidence significantly, too much or too little of it can have some negative effects. So just don't forget, everyone has their own sweet spots for when they perform their very best. And it's important that you find that sweet spot of arousal and you cling to it. Make sure that you're at your optimal level of arousal in order to perform your very best. Yeah, excellent points, Michelle. And I think a, a, an example of that that we see across every sport and even exercise is the idea of pump-up music. So the reason people listen to music, warm-up music before competition is to get themselves hyped up because we know that you need to be hyped up to a certain amount um, to be able to perform at your best. But, you know, if you're way too wired, way too hyped up, that wouldn't be good either, like Michelle mentioned. So in, in the same way, emotional states can affect your confidence. So experiencing negative emotions is normal, but it's critical to not linger in this in these negative states. So, you know, I've even heard before that there's no such thing as negative emotions because all emotions serve some sort of purpose, right? So, you know, sadness and disappointment and anger, you know, like those emotions happen for a reason. Um, so it's, it's unavoidable to have those emotions, but it's how we respond to those emotions. So similarly, 
positive emotions are great for boosting confidence, but we want to stray away from over celebration in the midst of competition. So, you know, we, we, you may have seen before there are uh, numerous football players who right before they were about to score a touchdown, they were already thinking about scoring the touchdown that they actually dropped the ball before the end zone. And, you know, that's, that's an, that's a, classic example of over celebration or allowing your emotional states to affect your um, performance, you know, right? Like they were, they were literally right about to score a touchdown. um, But emotionally, they were already thinking about what it like that they already scored it. Um, And, and in other sports like soccer, where scoring a goal is such a huge deal, because goals aren't scored as often in soccer as they are in sports like basketball and football and so you know we see these soccer players celebrating as they should after scoring a goal but they have to be careful to not celebrate so much that it takes their focus away from the next step in the game absolutely so a couple other sources of confidence include verbal persuasion and imagery experiences Um, these are both mental skills that you can practice and use and we'll be touching on in future podcasts but we do want to go ahead and make sure that you know for now, it's important to think positively and mentally visualize positive performances. Keeping this positive mindset can boost your confidence tremendously. Awesome. Yeah, we look forward to being able to learn more about both of those because um, imagery experiences are so impactful and, and so is verbal persuasion and positive self-talk. So what's wrong with being confident? Nothing. Just figure out the sources of your own confidence and focus on improving in areas that you're lacking. Remember that you are ultimately responsible for your own confidence. So don't expect to just wake up confident. Be aware of it, practice it, and achieve it. Be sure to tune in next time on Kentucky Resilience Lab. If you'd like to learn more about who we are at the Kentucky Resilience Lab, be sure to check out our Instagram page at KY Res Lab.